Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. not mince our words the king of the ring 1985 got the wrong thing there i was meant to say that on the king of the ring is one of the worst wwe pay-per-views ever it is filled with stupid matches it is filled with stupid finishes and it is filled with a stupid king of the ring winner which nobody wanted to see other than vincent kennedy mcmahon but if you were looking for ways to fall asleep this is the show for you and all you need to know is that it actually went off air 11 minutes early and did anybody complain no they didn't they were probably sitting there going wow well, hey now i get to go to bed i mean it just sums up all of wwf's problems at the time because it's quite clear they have no idea who their audience is or at least who they're trying to target sports entertainment at so it's no wonder that WCW would eventually go on their 83 weeks run when Nitro whooped Raw's ass because this was the kind of stuff they were putting out there i mean there's a five minute video in the middle of it of bob backlund just walking around going oh, i want to be president i want to be president now look it's really entertaining and i love crazy bob backlund but when it comes to trying to reel the eyeballs in I don't think this is the way to do it. Any other real thing to note from this period in terms of outside of the show is that one Dustin Rhodes was about to sign for the promotion and here we are all these years later and he is still kicking ass. What an underrated hero. Still in front of 16,000 people even though WWF said it was 19,000 people and 150,000 people on pay-per-view. It is the King of the Ring 1995. And thanks very much for making me do this. I just presume you hate me. Let's up those doubts. The best part of the King of the Ring 1995 is the opening video when a crazy Vince McMahon just screams as a blimp flies over Philadelphia. He's all like, "Oh man, this is when the Declaration of the Independence was signed." But who cares about that because tonight we crown a king of the ring. And I was like, "Wait a minute. Those two things don't add up at all. As ever, it's like 2 plus 2" equals potato. This is the whole point though. It's just all round not a very good show. And even apparently afterwards Vince McMahon was livid and was just throwing things around the place. I may have made that last pun up. But don't forget he was a commentator here with his whole word to oh no he didn't get him. So he was watching this up close up as well. We felt I was having a good time at the start because we get a little introduction when somebody goes, "Oh hey, Coliseum video watchers." That's a VHS for people that don't know what I'm talking about, and you do get a special match that actually happened before the King of the Ring. So I felt a little bit like it was my birthday. Better still, it is IRS versus Savia Vega. I kid you not, because I counted. They must do about 78 most devastating moves in all of sports entertainments. The surprise roll-up within the first two minutes of this match. I mean, these guys are obsessed. It also has some kind of stakes, as Razor Ramon wasn't able to get cleared in order to enter the King of the Ring. So now we were doing RIS versus Savia Vega, and the winner of that was gonna go in the King of the Ring. 
Now, for some reason, Razor had gone, oh, yo, Savio, I like you. So he was at ringside supporting his friend. Do with that whatever the hell you want. Also, as Erwin R. Scheister has come up, never forget that his gimmick was he was the tax man. And for that reason, we were meant to boo him. But if you don't pay your taxes, you're going to go to jail. This was really, really dumb. Anyway, Vega soon wins with a spin kick, and this really is the most average thing you've ever seen in your life. But because of the Coliseum home video thing, because of the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, and because Vince McMahon says maneuver around about, I don't know, 10 times during this, I'm giving it up. You then just cut to the pay-per-view portion of the show. So when you watch it in this context, once again, Vincent comes across like a crazy person. Because he's like, oh man, welcome to the King of the Ring. You're like, dude, you just did that a few seconds ago. And then the whole thing is put so poorly together because the first person out there is Savio flipping Vega. I bet he was gutted he got in this tournament too because his next opponent is none other than Yokozuna. Now, very sadly, this is when Zuna was way overweight and wasn't able to be the agile, awesome self he used to be, but he could still go... Honestly, there is a bad rap when it comes to Yokes. If you sit down and go through his array of work, he really, really good. Sadly, that's not the guy we get here, so he just walks around doing nerve holds. I don't know about you, but unless I'm watching Star Trek, I don't really get anything out of it. I mean, I remember, like, we all did when we were kids trying those moves out on kids when we were at school. But all you did was, like, touch their face and touch their neck and they would look at you like, yeah, I don't want to be your friend no more. It also ends with pure madness because Razor Ramon from nowhere is like, oh, man, I'm so mad and he tries to interfere. Mostly because Jim Cornette, Yokozuna's manager, is also trying to interfere. When Owen Hart goes, well, if everybody else is going to interfere, I shall run for the back and he beats up Razor Ramon. I'm like, man, maybe I should interfere even though, of course, this show happened over 20 years ago. It's such a pointless distraction, though, because even though they start fighting on the outside, Yokozuna goes to attack Savio Vega. Savio Vega gets out the way, so Yokozuna runs into the ring post like he's been programmed by Rocksteady, allowing Savio to get the win via countout down. I mean, this is not how you want to start your pay-per-view, especially when you're trying to build a tournament. And if you go quiet and open your ears, you can hear the fans start to stir. Because again, even in the mid-90s, they knew what was good and they knew what was bad. And they also knew what was coming because on the card for that evening was Brett the Hitman Hart versus Jerry the King Lawler, two bona fide Hall of Famers. <laughs> in a kiss my foot match. Given the king was going to be in this too, we do cut to the back where he just has one of his boots and he's spraying it going, oh man, this thing stinks so bad. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to put it in Bret Hart's face. But let's just look at what he's trying to do here. I assume he hasn't washed his clothes because he wants to upset Bret Hart. But before he gets to the match, he is suffering from the smell. So it is absolute nonsense. At this point, I thought Alien was about to burst out my stomach because I was laughing so damn hard. The second match in the King of the Ring was much better, mostly because who was in it and when you start looking towards the future. Because it is the road dog Jesse James, here known as the roadie with Jeff Jarrett, taking on none other than Bob Holly, who, yes, back in 1995 was still Sparky Plug. He was a race car driver. Both also look like they've just been born because, of course, this was 26 years ago. But the really nice thing is that they actually have a wrestle. Now, I'm not saying they wouldn't be able to have done this by the time we got to the Attitude Era, but that just wasn't the Attitude Era style because most matches were about three minutes and then ended with clonk, a still chair shot to the end. So seeing two sprightly chaps have a grapple just made me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum and my word, did I like the finish. Because you could probably argue that in the modern day, something that has become a bit of a crutch is the overuse of a finisher. So here, Bob Holly goes for a fly nothing, 
The roadie gets his foot up, he collides with Bob's jaw, and this is enough to knock him out, so the roadie pins him, and he gets to one, two, three. So that's right, if you did look in the fictional record books, it would say the roadie won after kick to the face, and your eyes and brain would go, well, yeah, that sounds like it probably could finish somebody off. So for all these very, very small reasons, and because we always grade on a curve, I am giving this it up. You have an interview with Shawn Michaels after this, and you see clips from Raw when he was taking on King Kong Bundy in order to qualify for the King of the Ring. And I was like, man, Shawn Michaels versus King Kong Bundy. Kind of felt like I'd fallen into a time machine. HBK is also wearing a costume here that is so damn weird. It's like somebody got the back of a bunch of battery packs and just stuck it onto his clothes. I really didn't get it. It also did not help what was next down. Because it was Shawn Michaels versus Karma who would go on to become the Godfather. And way back when, yeah, Shawn Michaels could get a good match out of anybody. You could have put a broom in there and you go, oh my gosh, that broom is the best worker ever. And while this goes for 15 minutes and actually has some good elements, it ends in a damn draw. And once again, that is not what I or anybody in the venue wanted to see. And even though HBK gets a few cool flurries in to begin with, most of this is just karma doing moves that go on for so long and are so slow, all of a sudden your knees start to go out and you start to fall out the frame of the camera. I mean, there's about 67 backbreakers in this. 67. And I would have been fine with three. Ted DiBiase is also at ringside because for some reason he was managing karma because that's what WWF would do with Ted DiBiase in 95. They just wheel him out there to be responsible for somebody else. And yeah, eventually Shawn Michaels hits the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And the ref goes one, the ref goes two. But before he can hit three, the time expires. So nobody is going through. And don't forget, we've already had one nonsense finish. And this makes two. And look, I like draws. Draws can absolutely work in professional wrestling, but it has to feel like they've been planned and nothing at the King of the Ring 1995 feels like it's got any kind of through approval process. Case in point, The Undertaker versus Mabel. Oh my gosh. Now it kind of should be a big deal because The Undertaker gets pinned here kind of cleanly. And really, that hadn't happened for years and you had to go all the way back to 1991 when Hulk Hogan was around. But because WWE has decided that Mabel is the brand new hope, he has to be everybody, including this absolute mess. Because seriously, Nothing happens. I'm not joking around like, <laughs> let's have a cup of tea. I mean, nothing happens. On occasion, Mo, the other member of Method of Mission, kind of does a bit of interference and distracting. But other than that, it is just rest holds and chin locks and sleep. I mean, a camel clutch goes on for longer than I have been alive. And after that, Mabel decides <laughs> to transition into one of these chin locks. And all the fans are like, would you do something? Would you do anything? But they don't. In fact, they kind of just stare off into space. And that's why I decided to turn it off before I realized, nope, I'm not allowed to do that and I gotta continue. Naturally, there's a referee bump too, because even though we all pretend, oh, WWE never used to do this stuff, and they do it loads now, it's always been MMO. And of course, at this juncture, The Undertaker hits a flying clothesline and he does have Mabel beat. Now, as a quick aside, that was another time I was like, hee hee hee, a random move getting the win but I was blinded because once again, just ludicrous nonsense all over the place. Sadly, there is nobody to count, and then Mo is getting involved, and Karma is back because we were actually gonna do a Karma versus Undertaker program. And after Mabel has done a move, magically, the referee just gets back to his feet, and he counts the one, two, three. And the commentators sell this like an asteroid is about to blow up the earth, and I was just thinking about what I could have for dinner. I was like, oh man, maybe I could have a lovely little cheat meal so I can get over this. 
down. Because this is going to tie into that big Karma feud, Karma then returns and he slaps the Undertaker right round the face. But that's when the Undertaker sits up and he's like, oh, the critters of the night are going to get you. I mean, that was Paul Bearer, but you take my point. But this is abysmal and I'm not kidding. I timed the damn thing and it only goes on for 10 minutes. I honestly thought it was a year. And you may be going, ha, 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 so funny. I thought 365 days had passed. I had to ring my mum and say, have I had a birthday? And I only realised when she told me no. You don't get a cool video of the Hall of Fame after this. And just to see what it was then and what it is now will absolutely blow your brain. And then we're into the next round of the King of the Ring matches. Or here, Xavier Vega versus the roadie. I think they were a little bit tired. The major problem is that the fans just don't care because this is the third time that they've seen Savio Vega and back in 1995 Jesse James wasn't the star he was going to become and he was still finding his way. There's also more shenanigans because of course Jeff Jarrett is back out to manage the roadie so he is just hitting the interference button and casting distraction. There is no way by the end of this that he had any HP left. When I say HP, any MP, I can't even talk. We gotta start playing fast and loose with the finishes here too because eventually these two guys run into each other and they clunk heads and that's when Savio, I guess, in his dozy state goes, oh man, I love the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. So he busts him out and he just pins him. And remember, this is to crown the new king of the ring and it just feels like nobody cares. And I tell you who definitely didn't, I then do get to say this sentence though. The next match at the King of the Ring 1995 was Bret the Hitman Hart versus Jerry the King Lawler in a kiss my foot match. Despite all that, they still go all in with this with the King hitting the Hitman with as many pile drivers as he can humanly muster. And somehow Bret kicks out of that. And the reason this tickled me so much is that basically Bret Hart should be dead. This is Jerry the King Lawler's finisher. But his next plan, or his plan B, is once again, I've got a smelly foot and I'm going to try and put it in your face. I can't handle it. I can't contain it. Who is this for? I mean, secretly me, because I was having a great time. Amazingly, that also gets a near fall. So I was on the floor by that point. And plan C is, oh man, I've also got a stinky sock. And this is treated and this is sold like he's got a knife. Like if he had got a knife and started going stabby, 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 it would have got the same reaction as a sock that smells. If anybody from WWE is watching, I need this stipulation to come back. Bray is still excellent throughout all of this because every single thing he ever did in any of one of his matches just feels real. And somehow somebody who was writing the script decided, oh, we should have some uh, shenanigans here too. In a kiss by foot match, somebody had the idea to have even more shenanigans. So never listen to me when I complain about WWE in 2021. This has been going on for two decades. But yes, Hakushi and Shinja, if you can remember them, do make their way to ringside. And it is one of the worst executed plans you have ever seen. Because they hold Bret Hart, Jerry Lawler goes to punch him, Hart gets out the way, and he just whacks these two idiots right in the face. This allows the Hitman to start his comeback when eventually he does lock on the sharpshooter. And I cannot lie. If I ask myself, brain, did we have a good time? My brain goes, yes, whatever we did do, can we do it again? And you should never watch this because it's an absolute disaster because I'm a massive goof. It is getting it up. We don't just leave it there either as Hakushi and Shinja are back, but once again, it's just farcical because they try and get involved and they just take out Jerry Lawler. And it's like, look, bros, next time you're going to do this, have a practice beforehand. This apparently does knock out Jerry too, so Brett decides, well, now's a great chance for me to put my foot in his mouth. Bravo. 
Bravo. This is why I love professional wrestling. Lawler acts like he's going to throw up, so I suppose he doesn't have a massive foot fetish. And honestly, man, you could have put a fish in the ring with Bret Hart, and that fish would have won a Match of the Year award. No, I really want to see Bret Hart versus a cop. Sadly, this was not true of what followed. The finals of the King of the Ring flub me. Because it's Mabel versus Savia Vega, who, yes, who's just been on this pay-per-view way too much. And the whole thing is situated around a bear hug. Now, I love a bear and I love a hug as much as the next guy. But if you were going to put on an elongated match, you're just going to give me this move. Well, I'm going to level with you. I'm going to get a little bit bored. And I even thought about punching myself in the face, knocking myself out. So when I came to, the bear hug would be over. But then I realized, no, what's going to happen is I will knock myself out. I will come to, and the flipping bear hug will stop me going. Plus, also, I just realized it'd be easier to turn it off. Like a mug, I continued, though. And it doesn't take long before the fans start getting annoyed. And they just start to chant things including ECW. And this was such a rarity in 1995, Vince McMahon even addresses it. He doesn't go, ha, 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 they're saying ECW, pal. He thinks they're cheering for Savio Vega. None of this is any good. I swear too, after the longest ever submission, Mabel just splatters Savio Vega and he gets the win. But I looked into it and it was eight minutes. Eight minutes, good grief. For some reason, Razor Ramon then decides he's gonna try and get involved, but that's an abject failure. And then the one, two, three kid tries as well, but men on the mission take him out as well. So I was like, great, there's two baby faces that were meant to make me feel good, and they suck too. You then get this ridiculously long segment when they do crown Mabel. And I was like, just put it on his head, put the flipping crown on his head, what is taking you so long? And just as an extra gut punch, you then cut to the back. And there is Jerry the King Lawler, throw it up. None of this was good, and if you had paid money for it, you must have felt like WWE had stolen money for you. And we all know what was gonna happen with Mabel in the future, so he doesn't just get a down, it gets the brow down. If you can believe it, there's still a main event to go after this, and it is just the most random pairing ever of Bam Bam Bigelow and Diesel taking on Psycho Sid and Tatanka. Ted DiBiase is out again because I've already highlighted in 1995 the Million Dollar Man was just managing everybody. And while Bam Bam gets to do some of his cool offense in the early going, as soon as Big Daddy Cool tags in, all of a sudden everything wrong with his WWF championship reign comes into the picture. Because it all came down to Hulk Hogan. He had been such a success that as soon as Diesel started to get some momentum, Vince McMahon went, well, I know what we can do, pal. We can just turn him into another Hulkster. And they just sucked away anything that was awesome about Kevin Nash. And he had to do the Hulk Hogan routine and nobody wanted to see him do that. So we were done. It also means he just sells and sells and sells and sells and sells. And even when he gets the hot tag in there, he is booked to do such dumb stuff because he gets in, does a move, and then he tags back out again. I'm like, are you kidding me? Why am I not allowed what I want? Where's Batista? Sid then just walks off because he probably wanted to go play softball. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. And this is where Diesel just hits a big elbow onto the tanker and he gets the one, two, three. And again, I enjoyed all these random moves throughout the evening, but when you get to the main event and after everything else that we've seen, it's just so lackluster and it is just so anticlimactic and it's just so 
get it down. So overall, naturally this is getting it down, and let's bring up the worst pay-per-view ever list and throw it right on there, because my word, it is garbage, and I shall give you some Dave Meltzer star ratings so you can get a second opinion. But Savio Vega versus Yokozuna got three quarters of a star. The Rhodey versus Bob Holly got two and a half stars. Shawn Michaels versus Karma got two and three quarter stars. Mabel versus The Undertaker got minus half a star. Savio Vega versus The Rhodey got one star. Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler, kiss my foot match, got two and three quarter stars. Mabel versus Savio Vega to become the king of the ring got minus a star, minus one star. And the main event somehow got half a star. I don't even know how we got that. No, wait, that actually says one and a half star. But it sums up my opinion to this entire event. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.